Hey guys, how you doing? This is JP Saricolia coming to you once again with another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. And in today's episode, as you can see on the title, I want to answer this question. Is the Lord of the Rings racist? Was the book racist, the collection of books? Uh, was Tolkien, uh, the creator of the books, uh, a racist man? Uh, it seems that the question has been asked online. Uh, I've seen a lot of articles pointing this out and trying to justify the, the you know, justify the, their beliefs. So I want to really answer that because, uh, you know, you know, this is an important part of our lives. You know, Tolkien's work was really important uh, in really creating uh, a fantasy world that actually was in the inspiration for so many stories out there, so many movie franchises, video games, books, novels, uh, you know, a lot of things have been inspired, you know, and a lot of people that I know, a lot of our friends, a lot of artists have been inspired on his creation. So we want to get to the bottom of it, and we are going to do that in this video. But before we get into it, I want to thank those that support me, those that follow me uh, here on YouTube, that the watch the video, that subscribe to the channel, that like the videos and leave comments. Thank you very much for your support. If you're listening to the podcast through iTunes, Teacher and Spreaker, thank you if you're sharing this uh, for listening, first of all, but also for sharing that through social media. I also want to thank those that follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, all the links are down below if you're interested in following me there. Uh, and also, I want to thank that those that support me financially. It's through your financial support that I'm able to continue with this vision and to come to you every every week and every day. So thank you very much. Uh, so now we, let's get into it because uh, I want to. Uh, I'm a bit heated about this because I, I, I went online. Of course, like every person, I go online. I, re, I read stuff in social media, and I found this article that try to say of course it was saying that Tolkien was racist and the Lord of the Rings has a lot of uh, dark in this case racist connotations and uh, it went on you know I'm a type of person uh, I'm a firm believer that I'm not gonna refute something uh, until the proof is given so I'm a type of person that I have to go into the material read the article to see what it was and all I found in this pretty much you know website which is technically just uh, you know one of those websites that is click and bait and you know all it does is that and uh, the article was you know it was poorly written and it really didn't give any any proper information or any factual information it just took um you know a lot of stuff out of context from some things that took from here and there put it all together trying to justify the the idea saying that Tolkien was racist and his you know his remarks or whatever he said but a lot of the stuff was out of context completely out of context and ultimately the 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 you know the the conclusion was really poorly written and I found everything completely out of touch from someone that probably is based this on his perception of the films and not necessarily from the books. A person that probably has never read the books. And um, it, it was really sad to read, you know, but I read it because I'm the type of person that I like to give a fair chance. I'm not the type of person that I'm going to jump into the hate wagon and say, you're, you're wrong. Because at the end of the day, we are learning something. Maybe you, you can show me something of value. But going through all that article, I realized how wrong the article was, how wrong this person was. And definitely that made me a, a bit heated in the sense that I feel that, um, you know, people can think that like that. You know, everybody has an opinion. And sometimes this uh, places, this website, a lot, a lot of writers to write from their heart, which definitely really speaks volumes of the quality of this website. Maybe just, you know, you know, it's controlled by a person or two. 
uh, because, you know, looking through all of it, reading through all of it, I felt that, you know, there was no proofreader and there was no editor for this. And, you know, they just let it go. And, of course, they post it online and just clickbait and people just link to it and they just click to it and they get into it. And, of course, he starts a conversation and he brings more people so they can sell more ads. And you know how it is. Definitely is disappointing the quality of writing and that's uh, that we have nowadays. And I feel that that's something that social media uh, and the on, on the web has pretty much, although they are uh, great sources of information, all, also there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of uh, things are completely, uh, completely off track and bias. And definitely this article was one of them. Now I want to get back to the beginning. So we need to know who is Tolkien and who Tolkien was and what it represents for a lot of us. Of course, uh, in this case, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, John Ronald Rule Tolkien, that's his you know full name, was an English writer, born in 1892. He passed away. He died in 1973. But he was a man that really defined a generation. Um, he was a close friend to C.S. Lewis. Um, they were both good friends. Uh, they both were uh, professors at Oxford. And um, th- but even though they were good friends, and you know they, you know C.S. Lewis was the creator of the, you know, of the lie, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, and of course all the Narnia books. And, um, and they, even though they were close friends, they have differences in opinion in regards to uh, theology, apologetics, which is actually the theory of re- religion, pretty much uh, of faith, you know, in this case, doctrine, Christian doctrine, uh, and the quality, of course, even of the Narnia books, you know, because um, in this case, Tolkien was not a big fan of allegory, allegorical, um, you know, representation, allegories in his books. And uh, he was a person that preferred for the story is not to kind of kid you in the head with Christian faith or with, you know, things of spiritual nature. He, he created the word, and this is the greatest thing about his books, in this case about the Lord of the Rings, is that even though there's a lot of imagery or images that represent some things of the faith, it's not a religious book. It's a book of an adventure, a world that he created, that he developed, that is completely can be written by people that have the Christian faith and they can see it. They can see the, the you know, pretty much the, the good versus evil. And also you can see uh, the people that are not Christians or non-believers. They can also read it without feeling like they've been, they're going to, you know, Sunday school. You know, it, it's, that's, it's, that's one of the greatest aspects of this book. Because at the end of the day, it explores the nature of man. And uh, his book is full of eschatological hope. Eschatological means uh, in regards to the future. Uh, in regards to the end times, you know, in the end of the day, you see, uh, you know, he there's a lot of hope in his books because at the end of the day, his belief, his uh, you know, and and what he really um, expressed in that is no matter how bad things get, good always triumphs over evil, and I think that's something that all as humans we we want to and we you know aspire to. That good always is, you know, it's, it's stronger than evil, even though there's a lot of evil in the world. And sometimes the evil might be overwhelming in the end. Good, good deeds, good need, you know, uh, you know, the good things are going to triumph. And that's one of the greatest aspects of his literature that really brought that into it modern times. It really touched the fantasy. And that's the reason why he's considered the father of modern fantasy books. And of course, many books have been created after him. Even C.S. Lewis inspired, was inspired on his work. And, um, you know, not only so many books, so many stories out there um, that are really have taken inspiration. You know, even uh, comic book, even darker comic books have taken inspiration like Hellboy have taken inspiration from some of the stuff. 
stuff because they, they you know, he not only, uh, you know, created a universe, a world, he also took inspiration from, you know, Celtic and, and Norse mythology, uh, but he didn't really make it so heavily because he developed a world, de- developed a language around it, and things that he did, he make it so deep and profound that up to this day, of course, it has um, really growth. And of course, a lot of people throughout the world have come to know more about Tolkien's work through the, you know, the trilogy, through the movies, through the Lord of the Rings, which are phenomenal films. They're not to the scope, I would say, of the book. Of course, the book is always better, but the work that Peter Jackson did with that trilogy was phenomenal. Now, um, many assumptions have been said because of comments that he said. Uh, the person in this article, and I, to my surprise, I went online, and I went through different sites to see if there was the only person saying this, and I, I was surprised to find that there were so many different websites claiming the same thing you know a lot of accusations in recent years and we know there's a movie a Tolkien's uh, and the life uh, biography of Tolkien's coming out later this year in the middle of the, I think around May which I'm interested of watching because definitely I like the history if you read the life uh, life of Tolkien uh, you're gonna find out that he was an enigmatic man I, I can identify myself with Tolkien uh, because he, um, you know, he was a man that has conservative values like I do, but at the same time, he was very libertarian in his way of seeing the world. Uh, he was against, uh, in, uh, this is going back to his biography and what he always did. Although he, he loved his country, he was not a man, he was not a firm believer of the monarchy. He, was, he thought that the monarchy was an eel for England and for the world. Uh, he has a more open view of things. He was in Dependent in his views, uh, you know, he has sometimes um, ways to express himself that might come across a bit um, for some people strange. But he was separate. He was a maverick, a thinker, and um, and that's something that he always did. Because, like, for example, with the books, he there's many people would assume that there's a, lo- a lot of ale- uh, you know allegorical views and perception in his books. But he denies it. He said that there's none of that. He created the world not thinking about trying to imply or apply his own beliefs, but to try to create a world that was different and separated from everything that everybody could understand. Uh, so, you know, he was different. You know, he, he was even uh, through his fans, he was different. His thought was different. Other people saw him in a different perspective, but he, 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 he wasn't like that. He was a strong, uh, you know, Roman Catholic man. And even he was a very important in C.S. Lewis' conversion to Christianity. You know, C.S. Lewis grew up in church. He walked away from church. He became an atheist and ultimately came back because of his friend, um, but, you know, but C.S. Lewis went into the Protestant faith. He became Anglican. So they, even though they were friends, they got differences of opinion in religion and, and you know, and theology, uh, doctrine. So all of those things were different. He was a man that was different in many ways. Uh, one of the most important parts, if you read, read his history, uh, is that um, he, even though he was in the first war, uh, world war, um, he was uh, pretty, much a, pretty much a captain. And he he lost a lot of people there, and that marked his life in a way that he hated war. Uh, he hated war. Uh, when World War II came about, and of course before World War II, he was already writing books, and uh, his books were becoming popular. And um, a lot of people, during even to his German publishers, came to him and said, "Well, we want to publish this." But you know, they even asked him. You know, during that time, of course, this is the time of the the rise of the pretty much of the the Führer and the rise of the German um, po- uh, party in Germany. 
the Nazi party. And uh, of course, you know, he was even asked if he was a Jew. He was always a big defender of the Jewish people. Although some other people might assume that he sent some comments here and there, and they used some comments where he said that he compared Jewish people with uh, pretty much with the dwarfs, uh, you know. But that was a comparison that was taken out of context, you know. Like that's the part where people always take things out of context. He didn't do that, um, you know. But he always had a great uh, things to say about Jewish people. Um, he was against the war. And even when a lot of people in England during that time were saying and they were publishing a lot of stuff, really negative stuff against, uh, in this case, um, you know, German people saying that we should annihilate or kill the entire German population. He was appalled to it and he spoke about it. He says that doing that, it would be kind of falling into the same trap of the, you know, the Nazi ideology that the, you know one is superior than the other and he was against that he was against the mistreatment of pretty much uh, prisoners of war uh he was very outspoken when the you know the the atomic bombs were dropped in hiroshima and nagasaki he was very outspoken about it and thought that that was the worst thing could ever happen he was throughout the war of the second war he was very outspoken at what the concept of all-out war which the allies were doing were uh, you know technically what they were doing they were pretty much bombarding destroying uh, a lot of, you know, civil populations, you know, a lot of places where a lot of civilians. And uh, he was against that because he said that that was not the case. You know, we're not fighting the Germans. We are fighting the Nazi ideology, the Nazis that have taken over this country. So he was a, ba- a maverick thinker that thought differently in many different ways. Um, you know, he has points of views in regards to politics as well. He was a man that expressed that. Now, of course, you know, this article are pointing out things that he did that that of course there's differences between black and white between color and this you know making that he was making some type of allegories in regards to race so there's a lot of stuff that is just pretty much hogwash it's all it is because honestly i was just appalled to see that people don't understand this now i'm not coming here to say that there's no racism in the world and uh, I don't like to get into this polit- political things, but I think it's important to point out, at least for safekeeping of the, the work that we do. There is racism in the world. I'm not denying it. I've been part of it. Discrimination based on race, on ethnicity, is part of our lives. It happens everywhere. Not only here in the U.S. It happens in pretty much in all over Latin America. It happens all over Europe, all over Africa, all over Asia, um, you know, all over a- any part of the world. It happens everywhere. You know, and uh, and we are discriminated. People are discriminated based on their race, based on their ethnicity. We all part of that. But we have to understand that racism comes in many different forms. And sometimes we assume that, um, you know, racism is just one thing happening here or there. And we assume, well, you know, I'm not racist because I like all people. But the truth of the matter is that racism and in this case, um, um, you know, the uh, discrimination is part of our lives. Sometimes it's in us without even noticing. You have to consider that there's many type of racism you know you have aversive racism which is subtle racism uh, or unconscious racial discrimination which means is that this is the most common one the aversive racism is the one that we all participate of and this is the one that happens when we are uh, racist without even noticing you know, sometimes we discriminate people. Uh, we make we profile people based on what our assumptions are about these people, whether they're white, black, Hispanic, Asian. We make assumptions of people, 
and we discriminate people. We profile them uh, based on factors that we understand or we think we understand. And uh, of course, there's also color, you know, um, you know, color blindness, which is a very common thing nowadays. Color blindness is another form of racism. And this is when people say, well, there is no um, they disregard. They say, well, there's no such thing as affirmative action or they say, well, there's no racism in the world. They say that, you know, the world has changed. Everybody, I'm not racist. Nobody's racist. Everything is clear. And, and this is a mentality a lot of people uh, have nowadays. And you can see online where people say, well, I, you know, they, they try to uh, diminish the, the weight of racism in America in the entire world. They're trying to say that people are not racist. And by doing so, by pretty much turning the eye and not really looking at the problems that are there, then they are being racist. And that's something that it happens a lot. That's, you know, it, what it does. Thus, it, it perpetuates, you know, racial discrimination. But, you know, and, and throughout, you know, pretty much that, you know, and racial inequality throughout the world. But you also have cultural and xenophobia, which is the most common one, the one most open, and the one that people uh, consider the most was when people are very openly, um, you know, they discriminate people based on their race uh, very openly, and that's the one that is the most dangerous. You know, it is most dangerous visually because it's the one that visualizes, but it's not necessarily the only one. There's plenty others. But there's also economic racism, institutional racism, that is something that technically doesn't Exists in the government anymore, but it exists in private entities all over the country. You know, play in all over the world, where you can see many jobs because they're private entities. They still have a harder time for, uh, you know, even though they say they don't, you don't see people, uh, or in this case, minorities in high power. You only see, you know, in this case, white people in this case. Uh, but it happens everywhere. You know, you got othering, racial discrimination, racial segregation. You got supremacy, uh, symbolic racism, some conscious biases, which is very common. And, and these things are there. Now, I don't want to bring this up into the race issue here because that's not the point. Um. It definitely is important to determine this. Yeah, we are racist in one way or another. We do it subconsciously. We do it without even noticing. It is important to accept that. It's important to accept that, yes, we do certain things. Um, just because we make some differences or we do it subconsciously doesn't mean that we are xenophobic. Doesn't mean that we do it purposely. Doesn't mean that we hate people, uh, you know, and that's our goal in life is to hate people because we feel superior to them. Uh, but we do it. We do it one way or another. We do it because of something that is engraving us, you know, whether it's from our childhood, from our upbringing, from the culture we live in, from the, the part of the world we are. Uh, we do it. There's not necessarily something between whites and blacks or, you know, it also happens between Hispanics and blacks. It happens between Asians. It happens even between, you know, different people of the same nations or happen between people of the same continents and the same actually color. You know, some people are racist towards other people based on their beliefs. Some people, you know, just not every white person is racist towards, you know, black people. Some white people are racist towards other white people, particularly in countries where there's differences of religion, because not all white people are the same. They all come all from the same place. We tend in this country, in this country, in the U.S., we tend to put people in categories. You know, we say you're white, you're black. But, you know, a white person can be a white person from, you know, northern Europe, can be a white person from, you know, the Mediterranean, can be a, you know, a white Muslim from, you know, some parts of Europe where our people are Muslim. Or you can be a white person from the Iberian, you know, part of the country, you know, which is Spain, Portugal, or you can be from the islands, from, uh, you know, 
Ireland. You know, so there's so many differences. The same with Hispanics. You know, uh, you know, there are Mexicans. There are people from the the Caribbean. People from South America, Central America. We're all different. You know, we might look the same for to some, but there are clear differences. And the same happens with Africa. There's Northern Africans. There's Central Africans. There's you know, pretty much South Southern Africans. And in Asia, the Chinese people are not the same as people from Malaysia and Vietnam or you know or Singapore or people from Japan. There are clear differences. But people tend to, you know, we tend to, to separate people and segregate people based on our own concepts. And we all are victims of it in one way or another. Now, do I consider The Lord of the Rings a racist book? <laughs> not by a long mile. I wouldn't consider it. It is a book full of literature and l- richness um, that definitely speaks of the times. And, of course, you have to understand the context of the stories. Some things in our perception might come across as that, but there's a lot of other points within those stories that actually uh, contradict our own beliefs. So the problem we have nowadays is this uh, assumption that we have of things based on our own personal bias and our own personal experience. I feel that people that are hurt the most about race are the ones that are going to hurt others in regards to race. And we need to stop that because it is not conducive for growth. You know, Throwing this to the me, you know, through to social media, is perpetuating something that it does that shouldn't be there. We need to understand. First of all, we need to accept that they are racial bias, that we all part of it, that we are victims too of it, but also we are the cause of it. Accepting it's important, but that doesn't mean that we're trying to find the the guilty place or find this is the problem. This is what caused it. This is what caused it. I don't think the law of the rings caused the racism in the world. You know, we have caused that. Our, uh, you know, our forefathers did, you know, but we have the power to change that. And I think that books like this are marvelous ways to introduce to children for them to really see the world with hope. Because definitely the Lord of the Rings have a lot of hope and it really showcases a lot of great things about the world in the sense because it's a world that is really representative of our own world, you know, full of pain and sorrow. But at the end of the day, there is hope, you know, and, you know, good always wins. Uh, even even going through many different trials, good will always win. And that's the central message of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and all the books that that he wrote. I think that's the hope that we need more than ever. We live in dark times, you know, and sometimes that affects the way we perceive things and the way we act. I see sometimes racism even in in groups and, you know, Facebook groups and even in YouTube. I see people making some comments. The other day I was watching a video. Some collectors, they have this live chat. You know, I normally don't participate in live chats because I don't want to get into uh, boggle down into a lot of the conversation because some, some of these chats are long, long, long. So I kind of watch a couple of minutes and move on to the next thing. But it, what it surprised me is that a collector uh, was talking to another collector and they got into this conversation and for some something happened. I don't know what, what, what happened. This person make a technically a racial remark about this other person, uh, pretty much call him a, a supremacist just because of his look. And I can see the person got really hurt by the comment even though it was kind of in a joke, but definitely that was a racial remark. And uh, I found it very offensive, that person, be- I'm not white, but I found that they, this person got offended because the other person, you know, say something just as a joke. Uh, I, that's not nice. To me, To me, that's not right. You know, if you are in social media, our job is to express that. We're talking about collectibles. We're bringing people together from different races, different nationalities. There's all colors there. 
Our job is not to discriminate people. Perhaps it was a response for something that the person did in the past. I don't know. But even if that's the case, I don't think it's right to continue the fight or to continue to bring in all these things here. I found that very disappointing from this um, this live chat. And, you know, the person that actually holds the live chat is not responsible for it. It's, you know, the, the response of these two people, in this case, this person, the way he acted. If I was there. You know, I can tell you one thing. If I was there, I would put a stop to it. I would say, you know, this is not welcome here. We shouldn't talk like that anymore. Yes, it is live and things come and doing that, but there has to be a level of respect. But the thing is this, this is not only a, a pretty much a, you know, single case. It happens everywhere. It happens on Facebook groups. It happens in a lot of places, even Instagram, uh, you know, even on Instagram and Twitter. It happens in, in Twitter. It happens a lot. So we have to be very, very careful to point the finger at people. Because when you point the finger at someone, you know, before you point a finger to someone, you should point the finger at you. And trying to determine what is in your life that really is the cause of the problem. We are the cause. We create the cause. You know, The Lord of the Rings is a phenomenal book. There's nothing racist about the book. And you know what? He lived in a time, you know, Tolkien lived in a time where there was a totally different thing. We need to understand the context of his time. But he never applied that. There, historically, there's a lot of places. There's a lot of facts. There's a lot of information out there, um, you know, factual information that proves that he was a man that has beliefs, strong beliefs in regards of race, uh, in regards to equality, in regards to respecting people, and even uh, loving your enemies. And he did that. He, he was really open about that. He was a very, you know, he accused the U.S., he accused even England for allowing the, you know, the tactics that were used against Japan and even Germany and how many people suffer the consequences of this. He was a man that was a defender of those things and a man that believed and, you know, he wrote a beautiful story, a beautiful book that will be remembered forever. So I want to leave you with that. You know, before we get into any more of this, I don't like to bring, bring race into it, but it's important to talk about it because we all part of it. We all have a race and we all have some bias and our bias you know it is influenced the way we act and the way we do certain things online and we need to get over it so once again thanks for watching this if you're doing this through youtube thanks for listening through the you know itunes teacher and speaker Please like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this. Uh, follow me on, on, on the social media networks, on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. Uh, also consider supporting me financially. You can do that through Patreon. You can also do that through PayPal, or you can do that through uh, GoFundMe. All the links are down below. So once again, God bless you, and I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.